Welcome to Cutting to the Bull in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben, and this week I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And Claire. Hey. And today we're going to talk about haunted objects, cursed objects, creepy shit that is attached to objects, certain objects even. I'm creepy and I'm attached to my dildo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um... <laughs> Does that count? Is it an enchanted dildo? <laughs> if you got Ooh. a cursed dildo? We I mean, have got a haunted dildo coming up. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I gave Mike one job. <laughs> Find me a haunted dildo. <laughs> and he delivered. <laughs> Bravo. First, Mike, do you want to um, welcome back some new and returning listeners? And then we'll do some weird news. Can do. Fantastic. What have we got? Slavonsky Brod, Croatia, Santiago, Chile, Dallas, Texas, Aledo, Texas, Ottawa, Canada, Budapest, Hungary, New City, New York, Didcot, UK, Shady Nasty, New York, Miami, Florida, West Palm Beach, Florida, Guildford, UK, Wandsworth, UK, Brussels, Belgium, Ashburn, Virginia, Reservoir, Australia, uh, Top 3, Harrow, UK, New York, New York. Yay! It's a hell of a tale I hear. Hey. And number one is Orrington, Maine. No oh, right, new one. I think so. Well, fantastic. Thank you for listening all. Tell a friend, tell several friends. How many more Skype ones have we got until lockdown lifts then, Ben? It's a good question. Yeah, I should point out we're on Skype, by the way, to the listener. I don't know. I honestly don't know. When's the pubs open? When the beer garden's open? Is that when we can mingle again, is it? I think so. <laughs> Isn't it the end of April or the middle of April, somewhere like that? I Unless it all goes tits up and we we encounter that third wave. I haven't been watching the news. It's like bloody Groundhog Day, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I, I don't know when it is. I think that we can sit in a pub by the end of June. The 21st of June rings a bell. Mm, nice. Zoom- Let's hope it's a sunny day. <laughs> oh, beer gardens are earlier than that. Ah. You have to pre-book. Fuck yeah. Bollocks to that. I ain't going to beer gardens. Because it's all table service. I mean, it's, in a, in, like in the weather spoons, it's great because you've got the app, so you can just sit outside and order to the app, but no one's getting in the weather spoons, apart from they're going to sit in that crappy little patio area. Oh. And be knifed by Jimmy the Stabber. And <laughs> be knifed by Jimmy the Stabber out on parole. <laughs> Telford, where we live, has got a, a stabber on the loose. <laughs> we think so, anyway. I reckon it's the same dude. Do you? Yeah, I do, yeah. It's just, the MO is exactly the same. I mean, CSI Dorley were here. They did back me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a spate of stabbings, and it's not like even gang-related, is it? It's like, although we know of. I mean, the one woman was 50, so RIPD. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's gang-related. These are just some bloke stabbing people. Lockdown fever. <laughs> yeah, man. Someone's finally snapped. 
<laughs> okay, let's start the first weird news then. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. This is from the Daily Sun, which I think is an African paper. Uh, Zimbabwe, and actually ZA, isn't it? Is Zimbabwe ZA? Zambia, isn't it? Zambia? Yeah, there we go. Either way, um, I found this. I don't know how this came to me. Well, Pastor, I don't fart, I heal. <laughs> oh, I've heard about this guy. Pastor Christ Penelope of the Sevenfold Holy Spirit Ministries in that place, Siandani <laughs> Village in Guiani, Limpopo, said people who tell the stories are wrong. These people are saying these things that aren't there. They hear these things and believe them. Photos of the pastor sitting or standing on top of the congregants are making the rounds on social media with people claiming the air from his backside wasn't stinking but holy. <laughs> <laughs> there were claims that people were flooding to the church. Right? <laughs> to, have, to have their face sat on. For <laughs> <laughs> a whiff. Yeah. What I do is not by flesh, but by faith, he said. He said that when he sits or stands on them, they don't feel the pain because the Holy Spirit is in charge. Fuck's sake. Uh, You expect me to go and sit on the church? I must come directly to the head and sit on it, is what he said. It started when the Master Jesus Christ, when he stepped on top of Peter. I don't remember that bit of the Bible. Don't remember that bit. Oh, fuck, no, no point asking me. I've only read the fucking children's colour illustrated Bible. What about <laughs> you sexually molested by a priest? <laughs> he said you'd never speak that again. Look at the book, young Mike. Look at the book. <laughs> Always look at the good book. <laughs> yeah, was, was that how it went? Something like that. <laughs> Some people are against him, though. Uh, one chap says, when we come to church, it's because we need prayers not to be farted on. <laughs> and he should pray to his God and ask to be given another way of healing people. <laughs> <laughs> so, has he, has he miraculously healed anybody? Or is it, you know... Funnily enough, it doesn't say... <laughs> It's like, he's cured my cold, I can smell your fart. Um, he's literally guffing straight into their mouths, man. It's fucking vile. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm taking their money for the privilege. Yeah. He's like a reverse prostitute. Um, <laughs> or a uh, prostitute who's figured out his fantastic business model. <laughs> Do you ever get the feeling the human race is doomed? All the time, my friend. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> but it won't be doomed if this next story is true. All right. Let's have a look. See my segue there. Loved it. Thank you. This is from the Sun UK. The shit. The shit. <laughs> the scum. The scum. Brits would want Arnold Schwarzenegger to lead Earth in the event of an alien invasion, poll reveals. I think it's a fucking fantastic idea and I'm behind it. No yeah. shit. 100%. You don't fucking Boris, do you? Oh, no, he'd, he'd dither and then we'd be, before he actually made a decision, we'd, have, we'd be in ruins. 
They're all those aliens, they're bally nice chaps. And they're like, Boris, they're literally destroying London behind you. It's on fire. Oh, no, <laughs> I had a good sit down with the, with the lead alien. And oh, a squinty little man he was. Oh, no. <laughs> had a massive head. Oh, no. <laughs> and a big smile. <laughs> Where Arnold Schwarzenegger get his like net vest on, yeah, paint paint his big, you know, black camo things on his face, grab his guns and his knives, and follow in the footsteps of Jimmy the Stabber. <laughs> I do think he'd still like uh, be in predator mode, where he's just hiding in the mud, waiting for the aliens to attack. Yeah. <laughs> then he jumps out and does his Jimmy the Stabber impression. Yeah. <laughs> No negotiations. <laughs> Come on, Wait. you son of a bitch. <laughs> he's, he's an old lad now, though, isn't he? Oh, he won't die. He can't. Oh, it'll be a sad day. Well, it will be a sad day. It will. I mean, he's... Yeah. Yeah. It will. I mean, we'll, we'll have to have a national day of mourning and possibly a, an emergency episode that day. Mm. Someone else out of the Predator died the other day, didn't they? Black geezer. No, is that of Alien? Oh, was it Alien? Yeah, that's it. Yafit Koto, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, they're all dying in the series in which they die in the movie. <laughs> is it a conspiracy you've heard? Is it the most recent? Yeah. Half the press, people. That's what I've heard. That who's, who's next to go in the movie? I don't remember. I don't know. Oh, maybe it's a cursed movie now. Was it the other woman, wasn't it? Not not Ripley, the other woman. What's her name? The macho-looking woman that sort of looks like a guy, but is a woman. No, that's, that's, that's the second one, Claire. That's Vasquez, you're thinking Vasquez. of. Vasquez. Oh, that's look the at first one. I forget I her name, though. As we speak. Oh, Vasquez. Veronica Cartwright, Lambert. Lambert, yeah. Come on, everyone's getting on, aren't they? No, Claire, the film is cursed. Uh. <laughs> Just go with me on it. Let me let hey, me have this one. It's cursed. It's cursed. <laughs> They've you. died 40 years after the film. It's cursed. Of <laughs> <laughs> keeps on getting re- resurrected. Is she going to live forever? Yes, Gorny Weaver's never going to touch. So you're an Arnie, man. You're an Arnie. Ruin the judge. <laughs> I just thought you should mention Sigourney Weaver. She made the list of Did this she? alien invasion as well. Oh, fantastic. That's yeah. just what we look up to these people, isn't it? You know. Who was second? Will Smith. Well, that makes sense. Oh. Do you know who was third? Sir oh. David Attenborough. What's he gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> if I want an... stick. <laughs> if we get him the one from Jurassic Park <laughs> with the with the mosquito in the amber yeah. top, I'd pay to see that. <laughs> that was his brother that played that role, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Oh well, that's blown out of the war. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my point that. is. If I want someone to make a nature documentary, I'm calling David Attenborough. He can make the documentary of the alien war while Arnie, Will Smith and Sigourney Weaver lead the fucking charge. But I don't want him in charge. No, what you want him is you want him as um, 
like bioweapons expert, don't you? You want to know how the you can you can defeat them, their weaknesses. He's not a microbiologist, is he? No, he's well, a tally presenter, isn't he? <laughs> well, he's pretty knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's overlook the bloke who's actually a microbiologist and just give the job to David Attenborough because he does some documentaries. <laughs> that is exactly what's wrong with society, Mike. No one listening to the experts <laughs> anymore. <laughs> He'd have him as an advisor, at least. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> No! I'd have Brian Cox over uh, David Attenborough, and, you know. Well, that's it. At least Brian Cox could play the keyboard and cheer us all up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that. He's a bit of a wet blanket. <laughs> How dare you? Oh. How dare yeah. I call him a wet blanket? Yeah. His band was called Dare, wasn't it? What was it? Yeah, I was making a pun. Okay, so Attenborough was third. Totally lost on me. Sorry, Mike. Sorry. Fourth was Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, okay. Fifth, Tom Cruise. Sixth, Sigourney Weaver. I'd prefer Tom Cruise to Bruce Willis, but I'd take Sigourney Weaver above everyone apart from Will Smith and Arnie. And then Harrison Ford and Julian Anderson. Harrison Ford? (laughs) Julian Anderson? (laughs) (laughs) These are idiots. She faints when she sees an alien. Oh. She wouldn't believe it if she's anything like Scully. That was the one thing that got me about the X-Files. It's like, Scully, you have been like thrown around by poltergeists. You've been slapped about by ghosts. You've been abducted by aliens. You've been made pregnant by aliens. You've seen aliens numerous times. And you're still going, no, Mordred, I don't believe it. <laughs> I mean, it's Independence Day, and she stood there going, no, nah, don't look at it. It's not real. Don't believe in it. <laughs> But again, we're confusing her role as Scully in X Files to the actress Gillian Anderson. Well, I suppose so. What's Gillian Anderson going to bring to the role? She's a fiery redhead. <laughs> That's about it, isn't it? Not a lot. Fair enough. I'm, I'll go with that. If he's in the next sentence. Yeah. Nicola Sturgeon. <laughs> Never. Judge the most popular British politician for dealing with visitors from another galaxy. And Trump made the top ten. I suppose it's because she's little and she's got a big head. Oh. <laughs> like the crankies. And she just looked like wee Jimmy Cranky, didn't she? So yeah. Like the aliens. Aliens yeah. A spokesman for the TV channel Blaze, which commissioned the research as part of UFO Week on the station, said... Arnold Schwarzenegger is a strong choice for dealing with an alien invasion, bearing in mind he's not only a screen action hero, but was also governor of California. Although it's worrying to see that so many celebrities with fictional alien experience are considered by many to be better candidates than our current crop of world leaders. I wouldn't fucking want our world leaders to meet shit. They're fucking useless. Embarrassment, aren't they? Yeah, of course they are. Look what they've done. They've... They've really fucking guided the shit well, haven't they? <laughs> We're heading for ecocide and fucking civilization collapse. Hold <laughs> your mind, just roll with it. Just enjoy the decadence. We don't get the decadence, so they get all the decadence. We get bread and circuses. Oh, bring me as many circuses and as much bread as we can get. <laughs> 
It'll make it decadent. Or pot noodles and football matches. That's what it is, isn't it? That's all right. I was going to have sex with the lioness. Fair enough. Pot noodles and football matches sound safer. <laughs> you know that list? All right. You know that Donald Trump is at number eight? Yeah. I said he made the top ten. <laughs> yeah. Piers Morgan. Number 13. He's ahead of William, William Shatner, Shatner. 14. No, William Shatner's number two behind Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, <laughs> oh, you want Will Smith. You need the ass kicking. Yeah. Uh, sure. Joe Biden at 20. Mel Gibson, 18. The man, he's a drunken racist. <laughs> There's no point in sending Joe Biden. You forget where he was. <laughs> well, you can get, get on the plane, Mike. He'd fallen up the stairs three times. That's it, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Well, it wasn't hilarious because it's an old man who's clearly... Uh, He's all right. ...for role, isn't he? he? He didn't hurt himself, did he? It was funny. Well, no, he didn't hurt himself, but, I mean, that he could be exciting. Alzheimer's is progressing rapidly <laughs> and that man's got a load of nukes. If he'd fell down and broke his neck, then he'd be different, but he didn't. <laughs> You'd have still laughed, I know you. <laughs> it was well, Eugene maybe. Frame caught on camera funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you reckon someone made 200 quid off that, then? <laughs> <laughs> you can't even make 300 quid off it. The videos are so old, I'm sure. Wouldn't you send a clip? They just keep them for X amount of years and then like, just don't pay you. I don't know anyone that's ever received money from them, but I don't know anyone that's sent a video in. Mm. Well, I don't think you send videos in now. I think you send it over the internet, off your phone, probably. I don't yeah, think they're accepting VHS cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had a horrible thought. That means that you being framed as an entity is actually extinct because it's been replaced by YouTube and TikTok and I want to watch it anymore. Yeah, it still goes though, doesn't it? It's still on. My kids like yeah. catch a bit in there, you know, on a Saturday night. Next time you watch it, see if they're all old VHS recordings because the time and the date will be in the bottom in that big writing and... <laughs> Yeah, we've got, a, we've got a brand new badge you've never before seen. It's like 1989 on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, how, many, how many of these have they got? It's like a massive fucking warehouse, like that fucking Indiana Jones one. <laughs> the tips get looked after by top men. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, some of the videos are probably so old, they're taken like a Jimmy Savile appreciation day. <laughs> oh man, I was waiting to drop that out. Oh. <laughs> uh. All right, I thought this last bit of news would lead us nicely into the main topic. So, Claire, do you want to... Yeah, so, terrified grandma finds demon with horn standing over toddler's bed. So, grandma's looking after the grandkids. Now she's uh, begging for help after capturing a demon standing over her grandchild's bed just days after the top was heard warning an invisible intruder to go away. Tori McKenzie set up a motion-activated camera at her son's house after complaints from his two-year-old daughter, Amber McKenzie, was talking to something unseen in the middle of the night. That's creepy. Yeah. Have you seen the picture? Yeah. <laughs> Burn the house down and don't go back. 
Yeah, it does look like a bearded goat man. It's got the fucking horns, man. Yeah. Are we looking at the same picture? Oh, yeah, yeah. And claws, he's got Freddy Krueger hands. Yeah. Looks like he's taking his shit on the bed. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's farting on that kid's head. <laughs> Maybe it's that priest. <laughs> <laughs> More likely than a fucking demon, anyway. So the the 41-year-old trekked to camera app four days later to find a bone-chilling image of a figure standing inches away from the sleeping tot and her seven-month-old brother, Michael McKenzie. And it had horns on its head and long claws. The creature is captured standing awkwardly, looking upwards just a second before the infamous 3am witching hour. Tori insists the discovery is left uh, fearing for her grandchildren's lives. I'm not fucking surprised if I'd have seen that standing (sighs) in the kid's bed. I'd have been like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Burn the house down. Sacrifice the kid on an altar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that would just make it stronger. Oh, shit. What have I done? You fucking idiot. <laughs> I panicked. <laughs> then we're down a kid and we've got a more powerful demon. <laughs> ah! I just stab you in the heart. <laughs> Shit. So when she tried to rid the house, which was hers but is now owned by her son, of the evil present by burning oil, she claims cabinets and curtains started to open and close and music began to play up by itself. Whoa. And the mum of five Tory shared her story via the paranormal Facebook page to ask for advice and users were horrified with many warning her to sell the house and others agreeing it looks demonic. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Burn the house, don't sell it, burn it. (laughs) Well, you you could sell it to somebody that's all into that, couldn't you? Or make some money off it with Most Haunted, come here or something, you know, come and have a look. What do you think? Most haunted? Isn't that Derek Akura dead now? I don't know. Why have I got this horrible feeling that thing in the bedroom is Derek Akura? <laughs> <laughs> Looks a bit like him. Oh, some people on their social media have said that it's fake. Yeah, yeah. no shit. Of course it's got to be fake, can it? I don't know. Well, she says she hasn't got the technical ability to alter the photo. Mm, and the family have previously recorded orbs floating around the child's bedroom. You know what the orbs are, aren't they? They're sort of like, they sort of look, they look like bubbles, don't they? Yeah. Um, you know, they never used to crop up until we had digital cameras. Maybe just... maybe people did see them, but they couldn't picture them because, or oh, they're only just coming in pictures now. We've got digital images. Maybe they did see them before. I'm just going with dust. Dust and lens flare. Bit of lens flare. Dust and lens flare. Swamp gas. Swamp gas reflecting off the light of Venus. We even had an orb, didn't we? We took a photograph very early on when we first started. Jember. Oh, yeah. There was a little green orb with like a demonic face in it. (laughs) (laughs) It was hovering over the equipment. What's it? Yeah. You go back to the photos on the Facebook page, click through them. Yeah, an early one. But yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to go back and check that. 
I think you said there was a demonic face in it. I don't think anyone else said that it was. It was a yeah. demon. <laughs> Mind you, I did stop bringing in the pentagram in school, didn't I? You used to bring that along yeah. to every podcast. Yeah, it was like a good luck thing. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> you know the fucking summoned it, you cunt. <laughs> this house is perfect for you. Move to Australia. <laughs> Kids aren't scared of it. They're thinking it's a friend. And yeah. a friend? <laughs> I'd be concerned if they came out with a friend looking like that. It's only 20 year- years old, this house, so it's not some old ghost. It's not some, you know, unless it was buried, unless it was built on the graves or some site of some nastiness. You could argue it, was, it could be a ghost from there. They knocked down Satan's house and they built that one. <laughs> there he's pissed. So he goes around phantomly shitting on beds. Sleeping kids. Well, is he? I see shitting on the sleeping kid. I think he oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck me! That's that's wrong, isn't it? <laughs> on that Facebook page said whenever there's a new baby in the house that a deceased family member may pop to see the new baby <laughs> <laughs> well who the hell's that <laughs> creepy Uncle Larry I didn't know we were related to Cat Weasel <laughs> <laughs> yeah nah that's scary you wouldn't do that would you not if I had horns and claws and fingers, I wouldn't pop back and see the little ones. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> and then dookie on their heads. Yeah. I'm not here to eat your souls. I'm just here to have a shit in your face. <laughs> Don't worry, it's a phantom shit. <laughs> yeah. Only I can feel it. <laughs> You can feel it in the astral plane. <laughs> I suggest you don't do any astral travelling for a few Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck. It's a creepy picture, though. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be fake, doesn't it? Come on. Has it, though? Yeah, because that means you have to believe in demons. Well, <laughs> who knows? I mean, I could be sat next to one right now. I don't know. It could be, yeah. I don't know. No, it's probably not a demon. It's probably just uh, faking it, you know. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's face it. Come on. It's got to be a fake, isn't it? Still creepy. It is. All right, then. So today's topic, the big Somali haunted objects and cursed objects. I've got a British one to start from the 80s. Ooh. Oh. Have you ever heard of the curse of the crying boy painting? Yes, yes, I have heard of this. Carl Pilkington mentions it on the uh, Ricky Gervais podcast. It's a painting of a crying boy, and apparently all the houses burnt down, didn't they, that it was in? Yes, but it was found perfectly fine face down on the floor. No way. So this refers to this mass-produced replica of a painting by a Spanish artist, Bruno Amadero, and basically, it's like, it's just like, in the 80s, loads of people had this. They reckon there was hundreds of thousands of these things hanging up because it was a little bit classy. You know, look at us, we've got a Spanish painting. Eh? 
Is it like that one that everybody had in their uh, nan's, like uh, in their nan's lounge? It's got that's a little it. girl with the dog. Uh, that one, didn't they? Yeah, that is exactly it. So apparently, I was at a house fire in Yorkshire. A fireman was quoted as saying, "No firefighter I know would have a copy of that painting in their house." <laughs> so yeah, the idea is if you've got one of these things. Every fucking chance, according to this, your house could burn down, and the only thing that's going to be left is this creepy little painting of a crying boy, face down in a puddle, face down in the amongst the ashes of your old, of your belongings, and that's the only thing you'll be left with. You'll be stuck with it for eternity. <laughs> is it the tears that save him from burning? <laughs> Who can say? Oh, I like that, Claire. Yeah. yeah. The Sun, the national newspaper, had the been shit sent. Or the scum. Yes. We've determined yeah. what it should be called. The scum or the shit. Was sent 2,500 copies of these because they said, we'll get rid of them for you. The problem is, uh, they didn't exactly know what to do, so they burnt them on, on Halloween. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? The Sun newspaper said, send me your possessed, evil, demonic. Crying boy paintings, and we'll take care of them. Yeah. Right, he was head of the sun at the scum at that time. I don't, I don't know. It's the 1980s, so could have been Murdoch. Seems well, he... legit. He probably, that's what it was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. it was. It send, was a us all your, send us all these haunted paintings and we'll burn them on Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> and that just made him grow stronger. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You see, you're learning now, Mike. You're learning. Mm. The sun, however, declared that it alone had lifted the curse of the crying boy. Yeah. I don't think the scum are qualified to talk about such matters. I don't think they're qualified to talk about much, apart from a football result. Now, what Rupert Murdoch's done there is he's got all that evil and he's concentrated it. And he's took it into himself, hasn't he? That's what he's done. (laughs) (laughs) Sucking up the smoke and fumes. Yeah. All burning. Yeah, they burnt it with hellfire because, obviously, it wasn't burning in normal fire, was it? The tears were putting it out. It only burnt where it was made in the pits of hell. Rupert Murdoch, of course, has a has a has a day pass down there, doesn't he? That's it. <laughs> He's allowed down there anytime he wants. <laughs> Although we could argue for the case that this painting is cursed, there is a solution. If you want to know what it is, or do you want to just keep believing the painting's cursed? Solution. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, go on. I thought you'd have gone for the painting was cursed. As it turns out, the reality is not as exciting as a potentially demonically possessed cursed painting that sets your house on fire. Is it like the one off Only Fools and Horses where the the drips coming off the ceiling or something? (laughs) That's how the fire starts. (laughs) And what it is, is that there's a lot of chip pan fires in the 80s. There was a lot of chip pan fires in the 80s. (laughs) And a lot of people had them paintings in the living room. Of course, the fire starts in the kitchen, burns everything in the kitchen, but everything in the living room just gets a bit smoke damaged. It's not even that, actually. The, the string holding the painting will burn because first, which 
uh, and the lacquer they used on them was slightly fire resistant. So, of course, the, str- the string would burn, the painting would fall straight onto the floor, face down, and that slightly fire resistant lacquer would um, protect the paint. Yeah, and of course, no oxygen down there, is it? That's it. So the fire's not getting in, so your painting survives. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good old science does it again. Well, I had you down for being convinced it was a curse or so five minutes uh-huh. ago. <laughs> so, the, uh, do you want to do the next one then? Let's have a look what I've got. The, the Dubuk box, is that how you say it? This was from a movie, so I must admit I'm not, uh, not from a movie. This is a thing. But they did put it in a movie, which was uh, The Possession. Never seen it. No, I haven't seen it either. What year was that? Oh, good question. Don't think it's uh, 2012. Uh, never seen it. Uh. So apparently, the story goes the first Dibbuk box appeared in 2003 when an antique store owner, Kevin Manis, bought a vintage wine box from a 103 year old Holocaust survivor via eBay. As you do. As you do. After a string of unexplained hauntings, including recurring nightmares, unexplained bruises, and the incessant stench of ammonia, i.e. piss, the box soon found its way back onto eBay, and after a few ownership swaps, landed in the hands of its current owner, Jason Haxton, who is the director of a Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri. I can just think of that, imagine that thought process of, fuck me, this box thinks of piss. I bought it off a really old woman and it sinks of piss. Oh, fuck this, Brady, mate. <laughs> I always sniff boxes first, so you can't be too careful. I bet you can't sniff them on eBay, can you? you yeah. know? So, you know, that pissy box is doing the rounds. <laughs> and she's 103, so she probably had like severe bladder infections. Yeah, possible. Message Why does this box smell a pee? Why does this box smell a pee? God, it's giving me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving me nightmares. I can just smell piss all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, so what that's... this box then? What does it, you know, does it, does it just smell a pee? Because that's... <laughs> 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 no, it. There's hauntings and you get nightmares and unexplained bruises. I suppose you get this sort of some sort of um, demonic or poltergeist activity. Piss demon. Piss demon. Mm. So what's happened to the the pissy box then? Is it still doing the the rounds on eBay? Uh, no, it's in a museum now. <laughs> the museum yeah. of pissy things. <laughs> But apparently these things, you should never open them. Right. There's quite a few doing the rounds on eBay, but apparently you should only open them if they've got a, a letter signed by a rabbi. You should never open them. Uh, <laughs> a rabbi? Yeah. So how much are these boxes going for on eBay? Anywhere from $20 to about $480. Ooh. Claire, it's a pissy box. Don't buy it. <laughs> no, no, since there's a few boxes gone doing the round, so that's not the, you know, they don't all smell a piss, I'm assuming. <laughs> no, but you may get the Yeah, uh, you may, the get, the pissy, you may and... get the pissy one. You don't know what you're going to get. It might not be all pissy, but you might get the pissy one. 
You might see dark amorphous spectres whose entrances are complete with electric zaps of light. Oh, you probably won't see that. That's <laughs> bullshit, but no think of piss. <laughs> There's other less pissy boxes out there that give you, uh, I should imagine, a more enlightening uh, experiences. Yeah. Yeah, they smell of shit instead. <laughs> if that's what you find more interesting, Mike, you go for it. <laughs> I'm going to shit in a box sent on eBay. Tell <laughs> <laughs> not to open the box because it's cursed. It's cursed. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. The flowers the shells I got cakes. <laughs> Only if you can get it there warm. <laughs> can we call it Mike's Cursed Box Emporium? <laughs> That's it, man. Just get a box. You can do some runic sort of art on it, Claire. Make it look a bit evil. I'll yeah. shit in it and say, tell him it's possessed, don't open it. <laughs> I'll get ordained by the Jewish church and become a rabbi. Mm. Sign the letters. Or just sign myself as rabbi, whatever. Bish bash bosh. There you go. Enrolls the dosh. will take the dosh, yeah. <laughs> but I do want one of them big, round, furry rabbi hats. That's okay. my only condition. <laughs> if you want... <laughs> You've always got to dress the part, haven't you? Exactly. <laughs> dress for the job you want. And in this case, Ooh. fake rabbi. <laughs> Mandy, the porcelain doll manufactured in 1910, apparently in immaculate condition. Or near enough, there's only a slight crack running in the face. This woman bought it thinking, my God, I'll make a killing on this. No. She would wake up in the middle of the night because she thought she'd hear a baby crying in the basement. Walking down the steps, there'd be no one to see and except the basement window would be open, so she'd shut it and go back to bed. The same event happened multiple times and she mysteriously started to believe that Mandy was haunted. So she gave it away to the Quinsel Museum in British Columbia, Canada. After that, she could finally get some sleep. However, Mandy wasn't done. Employees from the museum began to notice that lunches would go missing from the fridge, only to show up in random places in the building. The same thing happens to pens, papers and other objects. Oh, mischievous. It's just people putting things down and misplacing them, isn't it? Forgetting where they put them. And a lunch thief. Or a A lunch lunch thief. thief. Or it's the doll. (laughs) It's the doll inhabited by the spirit of a mischievous child that's playing tricks with everybody. Or it's someone fucking about because the doll's in there and they know it's got a bit of a backstory. Yeah. Yeah. It's having fun at work, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Good on him. (laughs) All right, we solved that. Next. Yeah, the haunted (laughs) Elmo doll. I had to put this one in. I know it's a doll, but it's Elmo. Do you remember the Tickle Me Elmo dolls of the 90s? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they're still going. In 2008, there was an Elmo that could recognise the child's name and say it. Right? Right. However, when one family changed the batteries of the doll, it began to say, Kill James! Kill James! Was that son called James? Yes. Uh-huh. Never. Oh, well, I see what you've done here. you just switched <laughs> it to evil. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Now, apparently, this doll you could plug in and program it. You plug it into your laptop and program it. So there is a chance that someone was playing a prank or the Elmo doll was switched to evil and become possessed by a serial killer. Or the manufacturers, uh, someone had a cheeky day and just made a couple of evil Elmos. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I only put it in because it was Elmo and, you know, you got to love what he says. Unless he's trying to kill a toddler. (laughs) (laughs) We'll freak you out, though, wouldn't it? Fucking would. All yeah. right. Let's go on to some haunted body parts. Specifically schools. Schools? Yeah. Screaming schools. Oh. So, I've got a list here. I'll go through a few of them, give you some examples. So, we'll start with the, the Bettiscombe Skull. In the 17th century, Isaiah Pinney brought a slave back to his home after travelling for the English Civil War. The slave died under mysterious circumstances. He requested that his body be returned to his homeland in the West Indies. His request was ignored, and he was buried in a local graveyard. Screams were heard coming from his grave. <laughs> Repeated attempts to dig up and bury his body elsewhere were followed by the same angry screams. Ooh. So they dug it up and buried it elsewhere. Yep, and he just kept screaming. Ooh. Or they'd buried the poor bastard alive. <laughs> About half a dozen times. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is the 17th century. Medicine was not going well. Uh, no. You know, it was leeches. Yeah. Maybe he had something where he goes catatonic. He's waking up and screaming his fucking head off. They finally get him out. He has, goes into shock again, goes completely catatonic. They bury him somewhere else. He wakes up. He starts screaming again. Yeah, that zombie thing, isn't it? In Haiti, it's a drug that makes you sort of, your body sort of shut down to minimum and then people think you're dead. And you yeah, wake up a few it. days later. Yeah. Could be that. Possibly. I can't see, I can't see him be, uh, surviving being buried once, let alone... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Mm. Probably bullshit. First breath, you're gonna be like, Ugh, on soil, aren't you? Well, it depends if you bury in a box. Yeah. Mm. Now, if you scream in the first night and they dig you up, and for some reason you've passed out again, and they bury you somewhere else, the next night you wake up screaming again, so they bury you again. It could happen a few nights on the spin, couldn't it? Before you died. Yeah, yeah maybe. I don't know. That's just my theory. I mean, you'd be gutted, though, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, fuck me. I keep falling asleep every time they open the box. <laughs> <laughs> that would be gutted. Oh, no, not again. Oh. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Get me out of this fucking box! <laughs> and then scream till you pass out, and then you wake up again the next night. In a different grave, and you're like, well, I w- you wouldn't know you're in a different grave, would you? You'd still think you're in the same one, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. like, I dreamt that someone dug me up, but it must have been a dream. Hell! Uh, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> the Burton Agnes Skull. Burton Agnes Hall was built in 1598 during the reign of Elizabeth I by three sisters of the same family. The youngest sister, Anne, was attacked near her home by robbers and they beat her up after she refused to give them her ring. 
Townspeople, there's a pun there. <laughs> townspeople heard her cries, rescued her, and returned her home, but she died five days later. On her deathbed, she requested her head be placed within the walls of the manor. The family ignored her request, and shortly after she was buried and the house's construction was complete, the sisters began to hear houses throughout the house. Her sisters returned to her family's burial vault to undo their mistake. The body was completely intact, but the head was separated and placed away from the body. Some stories even say the head was grinning. It was taken back to the hall and the noises stopped. The noises would happen again when later residents tried to remove the skull, but they put it back in and everything was all right. Ooh. So why would you just want your head buried? <laughs> request, isn't it? It's a bit, in it? It makes me think it's kind of the bullshit story, to be fair. I mean, a lot of these are from, like, the Tudor times. Maybe it was just, a, like, a bit of a Tudor horror story. Maybe it was like, yeah. the most, like, kind of most scary thing they could think of. Was, oh, my God, the skulls are screaming! Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Freddy Krueger's a, a bit too soon for medieval times, isn't it? Yeah. It might be a bit much for you, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> Oh, I don't quote that film to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, Thomas Busby's stoop chair. Okay. This chair is fucking murderous. <laughs> what, because you got so low to sit on it? The chair of death was the favourite chair. It was the chair of death now. It wasn't when this bloke sat on it, Thomas Busby. He was convicted in 1702 for the murder of his father-in-law who he supposedly strangled, sat in his favourite chair after an argument about Thomas's wife. Oh, dear. Who strangled him to death. Fucking On his way to the gallows in 1702, he asked to stop by the pub and put a curse on his chair, claiming that anyone who sat in it would be haunted and soon die. He, he says, remained... that's my spot. That's my fucking spot. That's my fucking spot. <laughs> anyone who sits in my spot dies, all right? I curse that bit, chair. Yeah, it'd be ye oldie that, wouldn't it? Yeah, I curse the chair. Yeah. I think he's got two strict house rules, to be fair. <laughs> what, don't sign in my door in an argument and don't sit in my chair? Don't sit in my chair, I'll strangle you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what got him to trouble in the first place, these strict house rules, it's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Someone sits in your chair, just ask them to politely politely move. Then if they don't, then you can strangle them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's okay, is it? Yeah, but you gotta give them fair warning. You can't just leap in and start strangling them. <laughs> oh, see that's what we going wrong all this time. <laughs> that's why no one comes to visit. <laughs> I always end up killing them. <laughs> They only visit me once and never again. Yeah. <laughs> I've got their skulls in the basement, though. <laughs> oh, wow. No, nah, it ain't good, though. They're just constantly screaming, man. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I ate all the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> what more do they want? Exactly. Ungrateful bastards. <laughs> So, he put a curse on the chair. People were dared to sit in in the pub. I don't think that anyone did. But I can tell you that during World War II... Oh, come nearby... on. Sorry, I'm not buying that. Nobody in the pub sat on it. 
Nope. Fuck off. People are playing pranks each other, wouldn't they? I'll swap their chair for the for the, the, the evil one. And they'll be like, ah, you're the death chair. Oh, no. <laughs> you know that shit's going to happen. <laughs> Maybe they weren't allowed to. I'll, I'll bet you two points you won't sit yeah. on the chair. That's it. As soon as someone dares someone, that's it. They're going to do it. Well, yeah. During World War II, airmen from nearby base made the pub a hot spot and the chair became a hot seat, quote. People noticed the ones who sat in it would never come back from war. <laughs> well, there is a war on, so... Yeah. Not a lot that of people could be coincidence. It. We could chalk that one up to coincidence. Yeah. Uh, in 1967, two Royal Air Force pilots sat in it, and while driving back, they crashed into a tree and died. It's because they were sitting in the same later, chair. <laughs> a few years later, two bricklayers decided to try it, and that afternoon, the one who sat in it fell to his death. What about the other one? You said two bricklayers. Oh, I think only the one sat in it. They just dared the other. I don't know. Oh. Now, this cursed chair has apparently killed every person who sat in it, no matter what. Some instances, <sighs> some instances include a roofer who sat in it, and he died after the roof he was working on collapsed. A cleaning woman stumbled into it by mistake while mopping and was later killed by a brain tumour. <laughs> Eventually, the pub owner moved into the basement, hoping no one would sit in it. However, one day, a delivery man was in the basement and sat in it. An hour later, he crashed his truck and died. <laughs> oh, my God. Did, did he burn it on Halloween? No. Why did it crash the guy in the truck? Fucking give the woman brain tumour. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? Oh, she only accidentally sat on it. She kind of stumbled into it while she was mopping. Uh, yeah, she had a bit more time to sort out her affairs. Yeah? Yeah, I see. Oh, you didn't intend to sit on me, but you did, so I'll just give you a brain tumour instead. We <laughs> 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 need to burn the chair, for sure. Yeah, well, he actually got given to a museum... And they've suspended it five feet up on the wall so no one can sit in it. Ooh. Yeah. Well, at least they're being responsible. Mm. More responsible than the landlord of the pub. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that's only fair, really. All right. Um, the Hope Diamond. You ever heard of the Hope Diamond? Yeah. It yeah. is one of the most valuable diamonds in the world. But it seems to carry misfortune. Many who own the diamond end up getting themselves killed, with some suffering particularly gruelling fates, like Marie Antoinette. I can give you a list of ten, if you want. Ten people who've died from owning this diamond. I'll run through them. Yeah. Now, apparently this diamond was taken out the eye of a Hindu statue in India. Okay. The guy who found it, apparently, he came down with a fever rage... After stealing the di- diamond, is there some differing accounts? Either died from the fever or his body was ravaged by wolves. <laughs> this is the guy who who found it. Well, did, he, he didn't really find it if he robbed it. He was the <laughs> robber. He isn't the fa- the finder, is he? Well, he was the guy that stole it out the Hindu statue. Right. Okay. So he's the robber. <laughs> yeah. He's a thief. Yeah. It's forty-five point five two carat gems. I don't know. Is that good? That's really big. Um, then it was King. Went to King Louis uh, the fifteenth. Yes, I think IV is four fourteenth. Um, he bought the stone off the dead bloke's family. Had it recut. Uh, he died of gangrene, and all his legitimate children died in childhood, apart from one. 
Aww. A chap called Nicholas Fouquet. <laughs> this is a great name. Nicholas Fouquet. <laughs> he worked for the king. Uh, he wore the diamond for a special occasion. Shortly therefore after, he uh, fell out of favour with the king and was banished from France. He then changed this sentence to life imprisonment and apparently they think he was the man, the man in the iron mask. Aww. So he had a bit of a shitter. Hmm. Louis the sixteenth than the uh, than the king. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, here you go. He's gonna stick this iron mask on your face, you fucker. I only wore the diamond once. <laughs> 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 that went down, then on to Louis the sixteenth. He inherited it. Marie Antoinette wore it, and we all know what happened there. Mm. Then it was one of her mates. She was. She wore it at court. She was killed by a mob in the most horrific fashion. Hit with a hammer, decapitated, stripped, disemboweled, amongst other things. And then her head was impaled on a pike and carried to Marie Antoinette's prison window. Oh. Yeah. Gory mm. times back then, though. They were. Oh, yeah. Um, then we go to a guy called Wilhelm Fals. He was a Dutch jeweller who recut the diamond again. His son killed him and then killed himself. <laughs> Simon Mayakaridis was a Greek merchant. He owned it. He drove his car off a cliff and killed himself, his wife, and his child. Yeah, but how many people owned it didn't die? I don't know, Mike. Probably a lot more than the people that did die. Uh, maybe. Um, Evelyn you know, Walsh McLean. We're going back hundreds of years, you know, over time. This must have been passed about willy-nilly. It's part of the. It's part of the. Just just this massive diamond. Yeah, you make you have this this week. (laughs) Anything I should know about it? Yeah, your wife and kids might die. (laughs) Mine did. (laughs) I thought he was doing it in chronological order, and everybody's died. Everybody's died. No, yeah, but they miss out the people. No, they miss out the people that don't die. Well. Evelyn Walsh McLean was a spoiled heiress who did a charm life, and she bought the Hope Diamond. She wore the diamond, and there even stories she'd affix the jaw to her dog's collar and let him wander around the flat with the apartment with it. Oh, the fucking dog dies, doesn't it? I don't think it says anything about the dog, actually. But first her mother-in-law died, then her son at the age of nine. Her husband left her for another woman and later died in a mental hospital. Her daughter died from a drug overdose. She eventually had to sell all the family business and died owing huge debts. So after the dog ate the diamond and then died because it blocked <laughs> intestine. No, it's just not every day your dog regurgitates the Hope Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, she, her family sold this diamond to a guy called Harry Winston. Nine years later, he mailed the gem to the Smithsonian, right? And the mailman who delivered the diamond to the Smithsonian had his leg crushed in a truck accident shortly after. He also suffered a head injury in a separate accident and his house burnt down. Oh, for me. (laughs) Talk about shoot the messenger, eh? Yeah, Yeah, how much of that is true and how much of it is bollocks? Well, we verified, can it? It's just hearsay. You know it makes sense, Mike. Clearly the diamond's cursed. Don't, <laughs> don't anger the Hindu gods. It was robbed in the first place. That's it. It's a blood diamond, technically. Maybe if one of those people went, right, let's go take this back. It could have stopped the chain of events. 
Yeah. But no. No. Instead, all these rich people are dying horrible, gruesome deaths, mm. and those around them are dying prematurely. Although the French Revolution one was a bit much, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it was a violent time, admittedly, and I suppose only the richest were going to own it. So maybe that. Can we chalk that one down to just coincidence? I think we could chalk it all down to coincidence. Well, Mike, <laughs> what can I say? All right. The Haunted Wedding Dress. It's an American one. Mm-hmm. According to a legend, a woman named Anna Baker was born into a rich family. She fell in love with a man, but her father disproved of their marriage because he wasn't high up the social ladder enough. She'd been so excited to get married to him, however, she'd already bought the wedding dress, but it hung in her room, never worn. She grew oh. to be a spinster. She never got married, died in her 50s. But people say that now that wedding dress will move as if dancing in her phantom wedding that she never got to have. Oh, indeed. Oh, there's a bit of a breeze in there. Yeah, people say. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, I did watch in a video where the, the um, woman who owns the, the house now, it's like a museum-y type place, said that numerous people have seen it. She's seen it herself. Obviously, nothing to do with getting people in the door or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll do the most famous haunted doll next. Yeah. Most famous. Yeah, Annabelle. Oh, yeah. There is a film about this, isn't there? I've never seen it either. Yeah, normally. Yeah, but Annabelle. Basically, a woman called Donna had Annabelle, and nothing like the film. She was just a run of the mill Raggedy Ann doll in the film. She's like this creepy little porcelain doll with a painted face. Donna got Annabelle from her mother in 1970, uh, who bought a used doll at a hobby store. Donna was a college student at the time and living with a roommate named Angie. At first, neither thought the doll was anything special, but over time, they noticed Annabelle seemed to move on her own. At first, it was just really subtle, just changes in position, the kind of things can be written off as the doll being jostled. But the movement increased, and within a few weeks, it seemed to become fully mobile. The girls would leave the apartment with Annabelle on Donna's bed and return home to find it on the couch. Their friend Lou hated the doll. He thought there was something deeply wrong with it, something evil, but the girls are modern women and didn't believe that sort of thing. There's something evil with that doll, I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) There must be an explanation, but soon Annabelle's actions got even weirder. Donna began to find pieces of parchment paper in the house, which they didn't have, apparently, with the messages written on it, Help Us or Help Lou. Just to make the whole thing a little bit creepier, no one in the house had that type of paper. Ooh. So the doll went in the shops <laughs> and bought some paper, did it? <laughs> or it apported that paper in. Mm. It what? Apported. What's that? It's a demon thing, a spirit thing. Stuff turns up out of nowhere. It's like, say, a, like a wallet appears and there's, there's obviously a spirit in the house. They call it apporting. It's a ghost trick. You know, Mike, when you magic something. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I've never heard the term apport. Well, that's a posh one for magic, because magic sounds a bit kiddie, doesn't it? Let me just <laughs> magic this. <Yeah. laughs> I, I was listening to a podcast about this house that was haunted, possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. That was your word of the day, was it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> The escalation continued. One night, Donna returned home to find Annabelle in her bed with blood on her hands. The blood, or some sort of red liquid, seemed to be coming from the doll itself. 
that was enough. Donna finally agreed to bring in a medium. They sat with a doll and told the girls that long before their apartment complex had been built, there had been a field on that property. A seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins had been found dead in that field. Her spirit remained, and when the doll came into the house, the girl latched onto it. She found Donna and Angie to be trustworthy. She just wanted to stay with them and she'd be safe with them. They were both being both sweet, nurturing types. They were both nursing students. They agreed to let Annabelle stay with them, and that's when all hell broke loose. Oh, for fuck's sake. You never let a demonic doll stay. No, never agree to let any possessed doll stay in your house. Just because a spirit says that it's the ghost of a murdered seven-year-old girl, I will guarantee you it's not. It's probably the dead paedophile that raped and killed her. Exactly. It's someone fucking, someone or something fucking evil. Never agree to anything. Would you let someone sit under the cupboard and go rent-free? No. (laughs) <laughs> you know, got a space for a dishwasher, rent out to someone. For... Under the stairs, like Harry Potter. Yeah, bollocks. Don't let anyone stay with you for free. Well, unless they're in trouble. Yeah, but this demon child, spirit child, isn't is she? She needs to go, let go, man. She's got the afterlife. Why didn't they exercise her? Because the girls agreed to let the doll stay. Well, that's a... Stay in the doll. That's the first mistake, isn't it? I don't know why they bring the spiritualists in. I'd be straight on the bonfire. You do right, especially if I start if I'm their mate Lou who starts having bad dreams where Annabelle's in his bed climbing up his leg as he lay frozen, sliding up his chest to his neck and then closing her stuffed hands around his throat and choking him out. <laughs> He'd wake up terrified, head pounding, and was freaking out. No shit. Yes. Yeah, on the fire. <laughs> Lou was the, the one who was attacked, actually. He was like, he got claw marks in his flesh and things like that. <laughs> he's the one that warned him it was evil. Yeah. What the so, fuck is he sticking around for, then? Well, he's worried about the two girls, isn't he? They're like... I'm like, fuck them, this is evil, I told you, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, but then the doll's in your doll. fucking dreams choking you out. It's me and the doll. <laughs> But I'm with Claire, the thing would have been straight on the fire. <laughs> Fuck that shit. So they turned to an Episcopalian priest, who in turn, for some reason, called in Ed and Lorraine Warren, so they could make up some stuff, like the doll was possessed by demons. And demons don't possess things, only people. It was clinging to the doll and manipulating it. The target was really Donna's soul. Ooh. A priest performed an exorcism on the apartment. The Warrens took possession of the doll, put it in a bag and began the long, long drive home. He agreed to stay off the highways because they were concerned the demon might fuck with the car. <laughs> sure enough, as they drove on the back roads, the engine kept cutting out, the power steering kept failing and even the brakes gave them trouble. Ed opened the bag, sprinkled the doll with holy water and the disturbances stopped for the moment. Oh, I can imagine it was like a... Noise, he threw the holy water in. Uh, 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 fuck's sake. Uh, Ed left the doll next to his desk when he got it back and it began levitating. Apparently, it just, just happened all the fucking time. All the time. I tell you what, if I had a levitating doll, that fucking would be on eBay straight away. <laughs> You'd make a mint. <laughs> and I put it on YouTube. Isn't it strange when all this stuff happens on you in nowadays, though? Hmm. 
In a few weeks, Annabelle was back to her old tricks, appearing in different rooms in the Warren home. Um, they called in a Catholic priest to exorcise Annabelle. Uh, the priest didn't take it seriously, telling Annabelle, you're just a doll, you can't hurt anyone. And then his brakes failed on the way home and his car <laughs> was wrecked in a horrible accident. However, he did survive. I reckon the Warrens cut the brakes. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> may be with you on that. Eventually, the Warrens built a locked case for Annabelle where she resides to this day in their little museum. Oh, oh shite. Loads of that. Fucking... They've got a whole museum for it. They've got, you know, in charge of mission, won't they? They'll be coining yep. it. Yeah, bullshit, isn't it? They were notorious fakers. They were terrible hoaxes. They were just full of shit. And their estate has made a lot of money from all these films. Yep. The last one I'm going to do tonight, I think, is um, King Tut's King Tut's Curse. Oh. Mm. It was King Tut. King Toot and Carmoon. Oh, he was Toot and Carmoon, was he? He was. And obviously, in 1922, a team of archaeologists led by Howard Carter, probably some relation of mine, <laughs> discovered the steps that marked the entrance to the tomb. When it was uncovered, December 26, 1922, after more than 3,000 years of uninterrupted slumber, some believed the pharaoh unleashed a powerful curse of death and destruction upon all those who dared disturb him. <laughs> Metal. And he did get a few victims. I've got a list of nine. I'll go through them. George Herbert, who was the Earl of Carnarvon, he's the guy that financed it all. Uh, he was the first to succumb to the supposed curse. He accidentally uh, tore open a mosquito bite while shaving and died of blood poisoning. Oh, fuck. Um, so this because that was only six weeks after they'd opened the tomb and he was ready to go back home and work his way from Egypt to London with this all these treasures they'd taken out the tomb and make a shit ton of money. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, got him. Lucky that is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sanitary place. So, I mean, like, and because it was only six weeks after, the press are like, hey, it's got to be the mummy's curse, that, ain't it? Oh, that'll make a good headline. Yeah. Legend has it that when he died, all the lights in his house mysteriously went out, along with the Cairo experiencing the blackout. Ooh. So he had a blackout and he cut himself shaving? No, 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 not, the, not him. Oh. <laughs> Although, I know what you're saying, you know, when he died, a few days later, because he had blood poisoning, all the lights in Cairo went out. Oh, okay. It was a few days later. Yeah. Sir Bruce Ingram is a guy who Howard Carter, the archaeologist who discovered the tomb, gave a paperweight to as a gift. The paperweight, appropriately or inappropriately, consisted of a mummified hand wearing a bracelet. Uh, Here you go, mate. I've got a paperweight for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he may well be related to me. After all, that's my sort of thing. I do here, Mike. <laughs> For your paperweight. <laughs> King Tutankhamun's mummified hand. <laughs> oh, it's not cursed, is it? Well, it's. I think that what the hieroglyphs on that bracelet say are, um, cursed be who moves my body, but I can't quite translate it. <laughs> That's actually apparently what it did say. And Ingram's house burned to the ground not long after receiving the gift, and when he tried to rebuild it, he got hit with a flood. Uh-huh. George J. Gould, a wealthy fi American financier and railroad executive who visited the tomb in 23, fell sick immediately afterwards. He never really recovered and died of pneumonia a few months later. Audrey Herbert, who was Claude Carnarvon's half-brother, he uh, became blind, his teeth rotted, and he died of sepsis as a result of that surgery five months after the death of his supposedly cursed brother. 
Mm-hmm. Hugh Evelyn White, a British archaeologist, visited the tomb, may have helped excavate it, and uh, he hung himself because he saw two dozen of his fellow excavators dead. <laughs> he wrote, allegedly in his own blood, I have succumbed to a curse which forces me to disappear. It's two years after. American Egyptologist Aaron Ember, uh, friends in many of the people who were present when the tomb was opened, he died in 1926 when his house burnt down just less than an hour after he and his wife had hosted a dinner party. He could have exited safely, but his wife encouraged him to save a manuscript he'd been working on while she fetched a son. He died, and uh, what was he working on? The Egyptian Book of the Dead. Oh, uh, fuck. Richard Bethel was Lord Carnarvon's sir, uh, secretary and the first person behind Carter to enter the tomb. Uh, he died in tw- 1929 under suspicious circumstances, smothered to death in his room at an elite London's gentleman's club. Hmm. The Nottingham Post mused that the suggestion that the Honourable Richard Bethel had come under the curse was raised last year when there were a series of mysterious fires in his home where some of the priceless finds from Tutankhamun's tomb were stored. Mm. Sir Archibald Douglas Reed, he was only the guy who x-rayed the museum. He got sick and died three days later. What's the most recent one? I know there's been a couple of deaths in sort of the 90s, like tourists who went down there, but they actually traced that back to the um, fungus, the mould that's on the walls. If it just stays where it is, it's fine, but they reckon this guy had brushed against the wall, breathed in some of this mould and got really sick from it because it had sort of been there for 3,000 years. It gives people pneumonia. Ah, fuck. It's like attacks the lungs if you breathe in these spores and this mould. And they reckon that that seems to be the... uh, the mummy's curse. Plus he drank Ancient the sarcophagus. COVID. Ancient <laughs> COVID, yeah. Plus he drank the sarcophagus juice. Oh, you never drink the sarcophagus juice. <laughs> and finally, James Henry Breasted. He was working with Carter when the tomb was opened. He returned home to find that his pet canary had been eaten by a cobra and the cobra is still occupying the cage. The cobra is the symbol of the Egyptian monarchy and a motif that kings wore on their headdresses to represent protection. Uh, He didn't die until 1935, although his death did occur immediately after a trip to Egypt. Why? You never go back. Yeah. Never go back. How Carter didn't die, though. Nothing ever happened to him. He just uh, died of lymphoma at the age of 64. Hmm. So why was he spared? Well, that's the question, isn't it? If there was a curse, he would have been the first to go, wouldn't he? Yeah, maybe, you know, like any Carter, he wasn't too bothered about looking at the walls and the hieroglyphs and standing too close to him. He was just after that juicy gold fucking coffin. Mm-hmm. Rubbing his hands in glee, he was. Not looking at the hieroglyphs on the wall. He was like, oh, look at all that fucking gold in there. Look at that mask. It was oh, it's huge, isn't it? Yeah. Mahusiv. It was on tour just before COVID as well. I wonder how many people, you know, if anyone died touching like any of it or no. But that's why we got COVID, isn't it? Because the fucking mask was on tour. Oh, oh yeah, it's got the spores. Biblical plague. The ancient COVID. <laughs> oh man, actually, me and my stepsister that paid for tickets for me, mum and stepdad to go to that exhibition in London. 
Then it all got cancelled because of COVID. Maybe it was for the best. <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. Okay, then let's end the show on some weird news and fucked up facts. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. I'll go first. Irish Twitter crowdfunded an auction to bid on a haunted Victorian dildo and won. Uh, told you I'd find it. Yeah. It's a beauty as well. Do you want to describe it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just probably as big as mine. Except it's got a little base on the end. <laughs> it's it's ivory. Of, yeah, it's carved out of ivory. It's carved out of fucking ivory. So he possibly haunted, though, Mike. Everything we spoke about is possibly haunted today. <laughs> Are you telling me that... Well, you know, well, okay, maybe. The stoop chair, <laughs> I think, might have something to it. <laughs> So the effort was uh, coordinated by Shauna Scott, who is the owner of Sexopia, Ireland's favourite sex-positive online boutique, uh, who wrote on Twitter on Monday she'd noticed it was uh, up for sale and was devastated to see it leave Ireland the first time round. <laughs> ah, devastated. Oh, someone's fucking took the, the ivory-haunted dildo from Ireland. <laughs> I'm devastated. <laughs> Auctioneer Damien Matthews of the of Matthews Auctioneers told the Irish Times that it was one of the most interesting pieces he's ever sold at auction in his career. I'm not surprised because it was fucking huge. It's a big ivory haunted cock. <laughs> uh-huh. Basically. And they're happy it's going back to Ireland. So. Now, think about who's haunting a dildo and then think about would that be good or would that be bad? If you were the one haunting the dildo. <laughs> well, it would depend on what your particular kink is, I'd imagine. <laughs> is it that big that you wouldn't want to use it? It was probably a good sort of 14 inches. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, now I see the picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. beauty. It's a, be- it's a beauty. <laughs> but... My question is, who's haunting it? Who's haunting a dildo? And would it be better to haunting a dildo than, say, haunting a clock? Well, like I say, it depends on if you're a very kinky ghost. Maybe that's yeah. your thing. <laughs> Who can say? Attraction being a clock. No. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You get rid of voyeurism, though, with a clock, don't you? Not if you're not in the bedroom. You could be, uh, you know, standing in the hallway. Oh, that's true. That's no good, is it? All you'll get is naked dashes to the toilet in the night. Yeah. yeah. You might see a bit of side boob, but you're getting <laughs> in with the action over this haunted dildo, aren't you? Fuck me. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I'm de- Well, I wouldn't want to own a haunted dildo, admittedly. No, you want to be the one haunting the dildo. I want to be the one haunting the dildo. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you owned a haunted dildo, you could, like, you know, get with some right women, couldn't you? Or, like, you know, t- I've got this haunted dildo. Just wave out the window. Look at this. I've got a haunted dildo. The ladies will be queuing up. At least be queuing up. Yeah. <laughs> Come on in, ladies. <laughs> So you can't see it um, helping you pull some goth bird then, Ben? 
Oh no, because I don't want the I don't want the dildo to be more attractive than me, do I? Hey, look at my haunted dildo. It's fourteen inches long. I'm waving it around at a golf club. They still want the dildo and not me. <laughs> I'm also going to point out we're joined by Sean now from Dill's Advocate, who's just come home. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Sean. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I was so, here the whole time, really. Ben just keeps me in a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> so that's who's living under your cupboard. <laughs> just there in a Superman t-shirt. <laughs> well, you know, he pays me for that. Scissors. <laughs> I don't want the goth, the big titty goth girlfriends to think that the deal does more impressive than me. The size, yes, but not the haunted part. I don't have a haunted penis yet. Though I am willing to consider it. Penzi's haunting your penis, though, isn't it? Well, I suppose it is, yeah. You don't want Jimmy Savile haunting your penis, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I think I'm getting in serious trouble. I don't think that'd hold up in court either. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy made me do it. I dare you to call the son under an assumed name mm. <laughs> and say, I'm about to be convicted of sexual offences, but it's okay because Jimmy Savile possessed my penis. <laughs> That's my defence. Or Michael Jackson. He just loves kids. <laughs> or being a kid, one of the two. Depends whose penis he possesses. But no, I don't want it possessed either. All right, what we got next? Okay. Next up, a New York director is selling farts for £61 a pop. Well, fucking hell. Cool. The phenomenon of non-fungible tokens, NFT, as a means of selling unique versions of digital art led to an online collage by the artist known as BP, or is it Beeple? Beeple? I think it's Beeple, selling for more than $69 million. What? NFTs are markers that prove a digital item is unique, making them ideal for online art trading as with Beeple's collage, but also with other types of digital file, such as audio recordings. Right. Film director Alex Ramirez Malice sensed the winds of change in the digital art world, and his product not only cuts the mustard, it also cuts the cheese, because it's a <laughs> year's worth of the farts of himself and four friends. So these are audio recordings? Yeah. Additionally... Individual recordings of farts can be purchased for the bargain price of 0.05 Ethereum, as these things are via cryptocurrency only, which amounts to about £61 a fart. Jesus Christ. You should be a millionaire by now. You're right. I should, <laughs> should have heard me through the morning. I woke myself up. <laughs> uh, I was like the earthquake at the house. We've got priests farting on people. Got people selling for art. What next? Yeah, I just want to point out that me and Mike didn't set that up. We've just got two fart related weird news articles this week. <laughs> There's not uh, a theme, just, you just are a coincidence. Dicks. <laughs> That's not any better. Usually it's about dicks. <laughs> Why is it always about dicks, Ben? I don't know. It just... <laughs> <laughs> Just the most weird news tends to revolve around the genitalia. <laughs> well, this week we did have a haunted dildo to make up for uh, Yeah, we did, to be fair. Yeah, I caught some of that. 
All right. So 61 quid for the recording of a fart. Yep. Wow. He has. He has. Yeah. $85 in, in US money. Yeah. He's literally farted and sold it on as an audio track and someone's bought it. Presumably to use in some kind of film. It's digital art, isn't it? They know that that comes from that person. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like but... if, if someone does a painting, yeah, you, you want the original. The original's worth a footload, isn't it? If it's a good artist, he's taking the piss, farting, and selling them for <laughs> 61 quid a pop. Well, so you can say, oh, this is an original fucking... Yeah, Love film spot. director, yeah. Alex Ramirez, Malice Fart. <laughs> Where do people get this money from? I know. I couldn't spend... I wouldn't spend... I, don't know, I wouldn't spend 61 quid on a digital recording of a fart. I fart all the time for free. But <laughs> I wouldn't spend 61 quid on a digital recording of anything. Not unless it was worth instantly 10 times what it was worth. Well, this guy's made a 610% profit, hasn't he? <laughs> Straight away, didn't mm-hmm. cost him anything. Well, I bet he gets through a few tins of baked beans. <laughs> well, yeah, but they can be like three pence from Audi or something like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> turns out low down the baked bean budget you're willing to slide. You <laughs> bought <laughs> three beans. It's just like you end up with like four of the Soviet Union beans, and it's just like a black can with beans written on it. It just <laughs> comes out in a solid block. <sighs> <laughs> you raided them from Ukraine army camps abandoned in 1989 when the Soviet Union crumbled <laughs> to be fair I'd probably still eat those beans <laughs> <laughs> Russian beans are made to last mate yeah. like they make. <laughs> beans. in Russia beans make you well okay. that's quite frankly I think the world's ending Mike <laughs> and Claire and Sean I think if someone's paying 61 quid for an audio recording of a man farting in its art, then just end the, end the world now. Well, it doesn't matter. We'll be extinct soon, won't we, Claire? Because that's the next piece of news. It is. There's plummeting sperm counts, shrinking penises, toxic chemicals that threaten humanity. Great. <laughs> that's depressing. <laughs> just a bit. Well, that's just killed my high. Thanks. Uh, and your penis, apparently. I think it's gone back inside. <laughs> At the end of humankind, it may be coming sooner than we think, thanks to hormone-disturbing chemicals that are decimating fertility at an alarming rate around the globe. A new book called Countdown by Sean Swan, an environmental and reproductive epidemiologist at Akchan School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York, finds that sperm counts have dropped almost 60% since 1973. Well, that's a shit. Um, yeah, yeah. So, on this following trajectory, Swan's research suggests sperm counts could reach zero by 1945. No, 2045. 20, 2045. We wouldn't be here if they'd fallen in 1945, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't be here. Ah. You just created a paradox, Claire. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, now I'm just sat here debating whether I actually exist. Yeah, maybe we're a simulation. 1945, the sperm level went to zero and we're all dead. Oh, great. (laughs) So that means no more babies, no more reproduction, no more humans. 
in modern day life, a lot of chemicals are to blame for the crisis and they're found in anything from plastic containers, food wrapping, waterproof clothes and fragrances, in cleaning products, soap, shampoos, electronic carpets. Carpets? Never. <laughs> Jesus. It, it's everywhere. And they're known as forever chemicals. Because they don't break down in the environment or the human body. They just accumulate and accumulate, doing more and more damage by the minute, by the hour. This is quite quite some writing, isn't it? Yeah. So this is this basically is... the Children of Men future, then, that movie. That's literally yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. God, I hate that fucking dude in that movie. It's a good movie, though. The yeah, movie's fine. It's just Clive Owen is just like a plank of wood. Whatever he does, he just... That is it for him. That's all they needed. Though, That's really. all he is, though. It's just like, we just need a big lunk of wood to just look all right on screen and repeat <laughs> some words. Oh, uh-huh. get Clive Owen. They gave him the job of being King Arthur, for fuck's sake. Look at how he fucked that up. <laughs> Never seen a less charismatic man in my life and you're making him a legendary king. Uh. Yeah, he's no Orlando Bloom, is he? Oh, fuck Orlando Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> Worst actor ever. His penis can shrivel and his gene seed can die. <laughs> Don't mind that. Stopped him passing on his acting genes. <laughs> put more chem- put more forever chemicals into his house. <laughs> so in some parts of the world, the average 20-something woman is less fertile than her grandmother was at 35 and she says that, um, on average, a man today will have half the sperm that his grandfather had. So... <laughs> I didn't realise it was a competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, now I've got a vision to me granddad come back from beyond the grave, visiting me tonight in a ghostly apparition, going, I've more sperm than you. <laughs> Fuck off, ben. Man, competition. Why watching? are you a Jaffa? <laughs> well, well, not only is it... Affecting, you know, how many you've got. It's also affecting the quality, like, you know, and also shrinking penis size and volume. That hasn't happened yet. (laughs) (laughs) She goes on to say this is a nothing short of a full-scale emergency for humanity. Yeah, Ben, you have to dig up your grandfather and compare cock size. (laughs) But it won't be there now. (laughs) (laughs) This woman loved cock. <laughs> if he comes back tonight me, I'm asking him <laughs> what are you doing Ben I'm just measuring cock size with my dead granddad <laughs> All right. oh great he's hung like Dr Manhattan <laughs> fantastic that's all we need <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, well I, I read this the other day before um, you sent it today, and I, I've already looked to switch to you know your sort of natural shampoos, your hard, you know, not in bottles and all that. Like maybe you know everyone could do that. And yeah, I know, but it's on the shelf and it's there and it's easy and it's cheap. It is. Cheap. Yeah, it's all right, Mike. You just tell that to your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I can't afford that shrink anymore. Be nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> if, that, if that's not a good reason to get the old, like, you know, <laughs> vegan, like, yeah. eco-friendly, you know, hard shampoo bar, you know, 
I've just got visions of Mike now shopping and he's just like, sorry, little guy, it's on offer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two for one. <laughs> Two for one. <laughs> oh, a penis is another dimension anyway, so. Uh, that's true. Right. It's fighting that's a true. space war, mm. wearing a cape, living its best life. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to it, I say. <laughs> But still, this is worrying. I do keep, you know, I don't like air fresheners. I, I, you know, cancer dispensers in this case. Obviously, they're sperm killers as well. I don't like air fresheners either. Not at all. They're horrid. Yeah, they're just literally cancer dispensers and penis killers. So never again will I use them. And you what's it called? Your deodorant. You know, they're not good yeah. either, I don't think. Good old roll-on or a stick. <laughs> I used to give myself a wet stick. It was a wet stick, no, not you know, you don't stick. Oh, a rag on a stick. A rag on a stick. <laughs> Wash myself with a rag on a stick. No. Uh. Well, there's got to be natural alternatives. I'm going to start bathing in the garden in rainwater. <laughs> in, in a tub. Yeah, but there's loads of pollutants up, like, you know, in the rain as well. Yeah, it's acid rain there, well, Put a fire under the tub, I'll get it to boil. In a way, if I had to cool down a bit, I'll jump back in. <laughs> poison the earth, there's nowhere to run, is there? Space. No, no. Uh, no. all right, we're fucked then. So we're all going to stop having kids and the planet's dying anyway. Wonderful. Yeah. Fucking hell, Mike, we... you know how to bring down a room, don't you? <laughs> it's probably best we do die before we kill the planet. Well, I'm not going anywhere apart from the natural causes. Let my kids sort it out. Let their generation sort it out, the little bastards. Their problem now. Their problem now. That's, that's yeah. the future bends to solve it, out. It's your, your grandkids that'll have the 60% smaller cocks than you. Well, there you go. I can go <laughs> fucking haunt them. <laughs> <laughs> you got a tiny cock. <laughs> It's just a chain from fucking caveman granddad Ben going back. Yeah, caveman granddad's like fucking, like a fucking elephant cock. Yeah. It's just a vicious cycle. It's like, it's like the Obi-Wan Force ghost, we all get bored into it. <laughs> oh, man. So now is the time to get into sort of like penile extension technology. <laughs> You're absolutely right, actually. I need to invest in that surgery. Those uh, surgery techniques. Or, no, or technology. Yeah, plastic surgery for penises. Extensions. Yeah. Should invest heavily in that right now. Mm-hmm. Not the infertility thing, just the penises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No penises. I wanted wanted sex. Yeah, the fertility goes out the window anyway, doesn't it? It's true. Yeah, it's got to be that natural, animalistic vibe. That's it. Yeah, this is fucking meaningless now. I can't get anyone pregnant. This is just raw and animalistic. No making love anymore. (laughs) Right. Of course, then the children. Then there's the children of men thing. So. That kind of sucks. You got some fucked up facts for us, Mike. Yeah, man. Okay, first up. Wiltshire invested in a new fleet of gritters in late 2019. Right. The gritters' names include Sir David Attenborough, 
<laughs> Thor enforcement. Yeah. Usain Salt. Yeah, that's good. And Spready Mercury. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely surprised there isn't that. Gritty McDrick base. Yeah. yeah. Sure, they put a competition out for that. They did, didn't they? Yeah. It was like Boat Team at Boat Face, wasn't it? That won, and they still didn't name it that. Didn't they? No. no. Just shows, man. We. <laughs> Proof you don't have a democracy at all, not even in things like that. Name yeah, if I, can't, if I can't vote to call a name Boaty McBoatface, so they change it, then democracy truly is dead. That's it. Yeah. yeah. We don't live in a true democracy anymore, clearly. Got another thing to bring me down. You know, Mike. Captain Bring Down today. Yeah, you got a, you got a happy one. Yeah. Just what, what, what facts, got a... Happy facts. Yeah. <laughs> This is a funny one, at least. For three months in 238, the Roman Emperor was Pupinus. Pupinus. <laughs> Pupinus. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Which is pronounced Pupianus. Pupianus. <laughs> so his name was Pupianus. Wow. I bet he just asked people to refer to him as Caesar, though, didn't he? I would. Yeah. yeah. Like, Hi, Pupianus. And you'd be like, oh, man. I told you before, just call me Caesar. Nope. Nah, they go, oh, my name's Papian Nannas. <laughs> Something really weird and obscure. Yeah. Like, what, right. when you see, like, bouquet instead of bucket. Yeah. <laughs> That's obviously the classic, isn't it? Yeah. In Korea, everyone gets a year older on January the 1st, regardless of when in the year you were born. So whenever your birthday is, it's like, now nah, you're a year old, no one January 1st. Yeah. Fuck you, I'll, be, I'll age when I when I tell myself to age. <laughs> that was North Korea or South Korea? Where was it? South, it just says Korea, so I imagine South. Or maybe both. I don't know. Yeah, you have to get birthday gifts on that, you know, that one day then. Happy days. That's well, true, isn't it? All birthdays will be on the 1st of January. I'd expect um, that from Kim, but I don't expect that from the South. You can't you can't use it as an excuse to say I forgot your birthday, can you? <laughs> no. That's true, yeah. Still tragic. It'd be more like Christmas Day, wouldn't it? Sort of exchanging presents. Yeah, yeah. but you just you get fobbed off all the time, wouldn't you? Because you're like, no, nah, you're not having Christmas and birthday. <laughs> you know, we're too close together, mate. We've got to spread the cost. They'll screw you like that, wouldn't they? Yeah. They don't do Christmas, do they? I have no idea. Everyone does Christmas. The Koreans. Some the Koreans. Of... Christmas. I don't know whether North Korea do it. They probably don't. They probably just have a day when they all get to wank over pictures of Kim. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You're on the list now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a poison dart shoved into my <laughs> leg when I next go out. <laughs> Some <laughs> Korean bloke. Oh, don't you work in the Chinese? Ah, fuck! <laughs> yeah. So I don't eat Chinese food, just in case there's a Korean guy who wants to kill me. <laughs> uh, what's, your, what's your next one? Early humans may have hibernated through the winter. <laughs> if only. I, I wish you could still do that now. Oh, yeah. I think you still do that, don't you? Oh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't wake up till 11 today, so <laughs> that was pretty good. Got a solid 11 hours sleep. <laughs> About 10, I think, yeah. Something like that. Sea otters have underarm pockets that they keep food and their favourite stones in. 
I didn't know sea otters had favourite stones. That's <laughs> ace. How do they well, know that the otters' favourite stones, though? I mean... Well, because they keep them in the pouch, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think about it. Every time you need a stone, you've got to go to the bottom of the fucking river or whatever, or the sea, to get to get the stone, aren't you? Well, yeah, all right. It's, it's weird. They've got a little... It's like, hey, we've got a favourite stone. What they do is they line their backs, they put, like, crabs on their stomach and crack them with stones. Vicious bastards. <laughs> Oh, I can just imagine a little like pulling it out, being like, "Yes, keep <laughs> it stone." Yeah, it's going just crashing a cracking a crab to death. Yeah, it's still, it. still bloodied in the bait in the blood of his last fucking meal. Hmm. Oh, man, I'll never look at a sea otter in the same way. It's dog eat dog out there, isn't it? It is. You know, the dogs of the sea, aren't they? I suppose so, yeah. Yeah. Or a seals, the dog as the sea. Seals, maybe. Otters look a bit like seals, though, don't they? Mm. They're smaller and live in rivers. Yeah. You can get sea otters. There you go. Next one, then. Okay, it is illegal to own a rabbit in Queensland, Australia, unless you can prove you are a practising magician. (laughs) <laughs> okay aren't they classed as a pest over there yeah they got uh, released didn't they started eating all the crops and everything and that's why they introduced myxomatosis over there to kill them off oh I know well they're destroying you for eating all your crops and you've got to do something you can't starve people because the rabbits want to fuck. Yeah, because in Australia they had no native predators that would kill them. Why didn't they eat them all? Eat them all. Yeah, rabbits are right, innit? Can't yeah, leave but... a rabbit alone, though. No, you can't, that's true. Mm. There's not enough in it. Mm. Oh, well. Poor bunny. Shouldn't have turned up, should he? That's what you get. I saw on Facebook this morning, I can't remember which country it is, but they've got like a plague of mice at the moment, eating through their crops. Looking okay, out, maybe it is the end times. The floor looks like it's moving in the video. Ooh, nasty. Fuck. In 1954, Ernest Hemingway survived two plane crashes in two days. <laughs> Mind you, he was probably pissed, he just bounced when it hit the ground. Uh, yeah. After the second crash, the writer was presumed dead, but walked out of the jungle the next day, still holding a bottle of gin. <laughs> yeah, my theory was correct then. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, chaps. <laughs> so you haven't got any mixer. <laughs> uh-huh. Seems to have got into a spot of bother. <laughs> yeah. A group of kittens is called a Kindle. No, yeah, I didn't know that. Robin bastards. <laughs> so every time you read from your Kindle, it's like I'm just holding my kitten. Kittens, kittens. It has to be a group of them. Yeah. Holding my kittens. Yeah. Mm. You are more likely to die during sex if you are cheating as opposed to having sex within a relationship. Mm. Probably because the fucking your wife's going to stab you in the back while you're shagging her. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably got a lot to do with it. Your chance of being killed by your wrong spouse would go up dramatically, wouldn't they? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> Isn't that pretty much what most murders are, a crime of passion? Apart from Jimmy the Stabber, who's just going around doing it for fun. <laughs> In 1975, a cat was listed as the co-author of a prestigious physics paper. Oh, right. Because the author had accidentally written we instead of I throughout and couldn't be bothered changing it. <laughs> uh, what did the scientific community say? Crikey. Well, you know, well, I suppose at least the cat was there with him, you know? Yeah. Once I go and hang out with some physics professors, see if I can get a mention. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll end on a fart one. As we've been very farts heavy this episode. <laughs> farts aren't strong enough to propel humans into zero gravity. Attempts have been made. Oh, that's disappointing. So what, in zero gravity, if you fart, it won't propel you forward? Yeah. Ah. Clearly they've never seen a lagered up Ben, have they? Yeah, obviously not. <laughs> they need to test you. They do. That'd be do fucking they... awesome. Can you still set them on fire in zero gravity? No. No, because there's no oxygen. And it depends. If you're in outer space, then no. But if you're in the... Space station. In the space station, then yeah, you can. Yeah. But of course, the last thing you want is like a jet of flame in, a, in an enclosed <laughs> environment in space. <laughs> I'd imagine it's, I'd, if that would give it any power. <laughs> I'd imagine there's the sort of no light as allowed. They've got a no lighter policy in a pure oxygen environment in space. <laughs> yeah, and flames they in zero G when there's no gravity, they just sort of like... They pull, don't they, and sort of like... Well, they're uh, red, they? they go everywhere, don't they? Well, the air conditioning, wherever the air conditioning's flowing or whatever, it'll follow that, I suppose. It'll be like waves of fire coming at you. Really My well ideas are so great In sometimes. space. <laughs> just like the nukes that we're going to, like, you know, just send into the atmosphere. Yeah. There's a lot of fire in my ideas, isn't there, sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, you can't smoke a joint on the space station, which I think is quite cruel. Because I mean, imagine just sitting there looking at that view and just toking on a fat joint. Mm. <laughs> like, oh man, look at that! You spend all day there, couldn't you? You could vape though, couldn't you? No, electric motor, creating a spark. Yeah, it's not pure oxygen, is it up there? I thought it'd be air. It's near enough, I think. It's got to be kept to a fairly high standard. I thought. Mm. If it's too oxygen rich, it'll uh, make you kind of high. Yeah. Yeah. It's too high. I don't know. I'll research it the next time. Or the listeners can tell us. Just fiddle with a few knobs and then you don't need a joint. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oxygen saturation. Woo! You just get in one of the sort of backpacks you use when you go out into outer space and just sit there huffing on that, wouldn't you? Mm. Stick the helmet on and use it like a bomb. Yeah, I've <laughs> <laughs> I mean, got no more oxygen to go outside with. <laughs> You've been using it to get high. <laughs> I wonder if they can drink up there. They must be able to drink up there. No, I doubt it. Not often, like maybe on special occasions. Alcohol. Yeah. They sneak it up there, apparently. Yeah. yeah they're not allowed to, but they sneak it up there. No. Oh, doing it sometimes if they get caught. Uh, you know, he's got inside for a fag, pull him over the door. Ah! 
Yeah. It's going to be dangerous because everything's got to be in those sachets, doesn't it? No. But they don't put alcohol in the sachets, so people are smuggling like a bottle. <laughs> it's, not quite, it's not very safe, is it? No, and also it might throw the weight out yeah. just enough for the takeoff to go wrong. Yeah. Because it's all like on a set weight, isn't it? You were bringing an extra couple of kilograms, might throw it off. Exactly. Might end up coming to Mars instead of the moon. Plus, it's not very good to have drunk astronauts. I think it's a perfect idea. <laughs> I can't see what can go wrong. <laughs> it's crashing oh. the into the Earth. <laughs> uh, right, so we end the show then? Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Ben. Don't drink the flavour aid. Don't join a cult unless we start it. <laughs> I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. I just say, did everyone do their census? Yesterday. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 You didn't like Jedi, though. I did. Oh, well done. I'm a member of the Temple of the Jedi Order, my friend. And yeah, how many courses you passed? (laughs) How much of the reading you done? Less of that. (laughs) Just because you're a member of it. I'm a member of the uh, United Church of Bacon. I don't go around preaching it in the streets. Oh, stop pissing on my chips, you (laughs) cunt. You know, when, when are you building your own lightsaber? Well, fuck me. I'm only on question one on the fucking on the course yet. Give me you know, a when are you going to float me a beer out of the fridge using the force? Uh, <laughs> working on it, buddy. <laughs> Comes in time. Claire? Okay, Claire. Oh, you said your bit. Sorry. Yeah, no, I've done it. I've done it. Sorry, my fault. I took us on a bit of a tangent. It's all right. Tangent on. And I've been Claire, keep an open mind and not so open that it dribbles out your ears. Sean? Am I doing one as well? <laughs> You've been here, so I might wind up. I've been Sean, thanks for listening. Don't be a dick. <laughs> hey. Hey. Hey.